T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, 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 good morning to you. Hot stove season is officially on, not just because the rumors are juicy, but because the air is cold and we need that stove to be hot. Bruce Levine is here having come back from San Diego. I wish you brought some toasty air, but I know you brought some toasty rumors and storylines. What's going on, Bruce? I did, Matt Spiegel, and we are here for you on Inside the Clubhouse every Saturday. Matt and I talk baseball wall-to-wall 52 weeks out of the year. Interactive for you at 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 67011. And yes, Matt, it was an interesting time in San Diego as uh, both Theo Epstein of the Cubs, Jed Hoyer of the Cubs, Rick Hahn of the White Sox uh, began to talk to other teams, certainly agents for free agents. And then the rumors of Chris Bryant, the rumors of Bryce Harper, all began to happen. And by the way, Matt, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your top restaurant, bakery, and deli in Chicagoland. They remind you that catering in the restaurant party rooms are available now for all of your holiday special events or business meetings. Ask for John at maxandbenny's.com. Party rooms are available 10 to 150 people for all your special events. Soup season is here. The freshest and heartiest soups warm the body. Make your day at Max and Benny's. Combine that with your build-your-own salad to start your day or end your evening at Max and Benny's. Dinners from 4 to 9 p.m. The best deli in America, bakery goods to die for. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. A great dining experience in Northbrook. Max and Benny's, maxandbenny's.com. Chris Bryant, should he stay or should he go? (laughs) That's our segment here, but um, (laughs) it's a question that was being asked yesterday. Uh, Buster only of ESPN brought up the idea that uh, the Cubs may be actively shopping Chris Bryant this offseason. Theo Epstein in text to both me and uh, other people that cover the team clarified that uh, the Cubs are looking for players Mm -hmm. like Chris Bryant and looking to add players like Chris Bryant, not necessarily to move them. So uh, let's get to Theo Epstein, uh, Matt, talking about what he looks for, uh, certainly in players, and uh, Theo Epstein at the meetings uh, two days ago talking about his ideas about whether or not his players are untouchable or not. We've never operated with untouchables. I think it sends the wrong message. I mean, there would be guys who are, given what we're trying to accomplish, would be it'd be virtually impossible to envision the deal that would make sense to move them. But I just don't believe in operating with untouchables because why limit yourself? There are players who are, you know, um, so important to us on the field and in the clubhouse that, you know, it would just be, you'd be going backwards 
through whatever lens, you know, narrow view, long view, by moving those guys. So they're players who have almost made themselves untouchable, but in, but we just semantics, but we don't like to operate that way. So that's Theo Epstein talking about players on the roster, untouchables, immovables, and semantics, just kind of word choice. And then, as you mentioned, Bruce, comes the Buster-only piece yesterday midday. And I understood where Buster was coming from, all the threads that were kind of knitted together into that story. You got the extension offer having been turned down, that story from last offseason or that, that mention that came. Theo mentions taking a run at guys for contracts extensions again. This week, he mentions that. And you know, we'll see. We'll try. You got Scott Boris and his reputation. And you got the, the Bryant injury and the offense. Uh, like, everything it made sense to have it all there together. But then tell folks what Theo said to you when you guys uh, exchanged texts yesterday. Well, he said, you know, again, he reiterated the, the idea that uh, the, the type of players that the Cubs are looking for are exactly who Chris Bryant is. They're hard to find. So they would be looking to add players like Chris Bryant, not to subtract. So would you- and, and that's that's the key mm-hmm. to it. So, again, uh, I think people get uh, all flustered when they hear the name of a what should be a generational-type player for the Cubs in Chris Bryant being available. On the other hand, Matt, uh, why wouldn't you talk to every team about all your players if you can improve your team? Is there anything in this day and age, when you hear the Angels talking about possibly moving Mike Trout, is there anything in any sport, in, in particular baseball, any player that's uh, untradeable? I mean, I, I don't think there is. Well, you know, obviously the Angels have failed completely in efforts to be competitive at the top of their division while Mike Trout is absolutely in his heyday. It's more akin to what the White Sox failed to do with Chris Sale in his prime and eventually decided – to move on the Cubs having, you know, made the playoffs four years in a row with Brian. It's just so counterintuitive, but, but folks uh, want to dismiss this right away. I I think a lot of people want to just kind of dismiss this and move on, but the storylines for the Cubs have been so grim over the last 10 days, the descent from where things were to, Oh wait, no, there really is no money. Oh wait, no, it really is a full-on lame duck year for Madden. Oh wait, no, there really is not going to be a chance to add a premier free agent. Oh wait, no, we're definitely going to have to trade to 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 get stuff and and change things. And now to hear it's it's violent, but with three years remaining of Bryant. Obviously, you'd get more for him than you would for anybody else. Should fans be well, dismissing well, this out of hand or not? I'm not sure you would right now uh, because uh, from uh, coming off of an injury-plagued season where he missed 70 games, if you're trading for Chris Bryant of 2016 or 17 or are you mm-hmm. trading for what you saw in 2018 and the great unknown of how he's going to come back from the injury to his shoulder. We've been told by the agent, we've been told by the team that with proper rest this offseason, he should come back 100%. But if you're um if you're the New York Yankees, if you're the New York Mets, if you're the uh Los Angeles Angels and Los Angeles Dodgers, are you going to trade for somebody that is coming off of an injury that you don't know uh the physical ability of him going forward? In 2019, do you trade for somebody assuming 
uh, that he's going to be 100% come back in that season. Yeah, I, I have concerns about the injury, and this is what I wonder is how concerned they are, Bruce, how concerned the Cubs execs are about the fact that the injury made him change swing mechanics twice, two different times, and when he did come back, he still wasn't healthy, yes, but the swing mechanics have been changed and the power just was not well, there. Well, he, he had to change the swing mechanics. Right, right. right. So, to alleviate that pressure yeah, and, on the shoulder and, 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 to get and, that and as hand you off. point out, as you point out in – uh, point out very well, he was not the same player because he was swinging and missing. He was uh, his his selection, his uh, working the count, everything was not Chris Bryant like. He didn't look like the same player. No, and that was uh, you could basically say and, and be pretty sure you're right saying that he was so concerned about changing the mechanics of his swing that he came out of uh, the relaxation of just being Chris Bryant at the plate. Right. So if, if there is obviously a return to full health, uh, then, then, then maybe he can go back to what he was doing mechanically and not have to worry about anything. I, I, I'm, so I'm interested in that part of it very much in the off season. And, um, and by the way, we're going to talk a bunch of White Sox towards the bottom uh, of the hour, and there's a, a crazy amount of stuff to get to with that, including some tape from Rick Hahn on possible free agency. But let's stay here on Bryant, because you had a chance to talk to Scott Boris about this exact stuff here and Bryant's offseason and, and, and everything that, that he should be thinking about this offseason. This was uh, Bruce with Scott Boris this week in Carlsbad, California. Well, those are obviously... Theo questions, but you know we're certainly open to anything that they have to say, and we'll look at it and present it to Chris and, and go forward with it. Theo said he's you know contacted his generational type players and their agents about this uh, before. Do you, you see it leading anywhere at any point here? Well, again, you know I'm uh, uh, we're open to conversation, and we're always there to talk and and welcome the you know the the thoughts, and uh, um, so if. If they're wanting to do that, we're we're all ears. Is he in, uh, you know, working with your people as well in the off season to get his uh, full strength back in that left shoulder and beat? Oh yeah, we we have a we had our uh, our sport fitness sports sports fitness institute people over there just a week ago. We have a season long or off season long schedule for him. He's coming out to our institute, and we have trainers visiting him, so he's got a. Uh, uh, an additional trainer there in in Las Vegas that works with him every day, so he's uh, uh, well on board with uh, being a hundred percent. Scott Boris uh, talking with me and other uh, reporters certainly in San Diego just a couple of days ago. And uh, Matt, uh, you know, two seventy two, thirteen homers, fifty two RBIs were the your old school stats for Bryant last year. Uh, more importantly. Uh, in uh, in um, ninety plus games, over a hundred strikeouts. Um, that was not the course that Bryant was on in the beginning of the year, where for the first five or six weeks of the season, he was arguably uh, looking like an MVP player again. Yeah, there was an incredible stretch, one of the best stretches of his career, right there at the top of the season. Right. So uh, the simplest answer would be to just let him get healthy and and hope that he's getting back 
to being himself, which is obviously what they need. Because if they're not going to go out and spend money on a big free agent, if they're not going to be able to to to, to add um, the kind of bats that they need, they need these guys to improve. They need these guys to be coached up better, uh, to hear the nuanced message of a hitting coach better, and they need these guys to develop um, and or get back to being the very best that they can possibly be. You know, as you as you pointed out, uh, that the you know the recent information about the disconnect between. Chili Davis and the hitters was apparent, but not spoken until recently, mm-hmm. and uh, that that is certainly one of the reasons why why he is not coming back. The fact that all of the players had lesser years, other than Javier, uh, Javier Baez, uh, nobody came close to their home run uh, marks before their uh, their slug production was all the way down, but. Um, Taking it a step further, Matt, and again, 312-644-6767 to get in with us. Taking it a step further, what would you consider proper talent back from a team for Chris Bryant? Everybody reacted to the news that he might be available yesterday, but how would you surmise what would be the proper compensation for Chris Bryant? Three years of, of control. There'll be arbitration money, and it'll be decent, obviously. I mean, awfully good arbitration money. But three years of control for a guy who won Rookie of the Year and MVP and had that stretch that you mentioned at the top of the year. uh, But who is he now, and what would you expect back? Tell me a package that would satisfy you for Chris Bryant, not knowing exactly where he falls in between the MVP season and an injury plague season last year. Well, who are the sellers? Uh, who, who are the who are the teams that are? <laughs> I mean, my my goodness, you you don't you're not you don't want to go backwards. Would so you take? Very few would you options. take? Uh, would you take Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for <laughs> Chris Bryant right now? <laughs> would you take? Would you take that package? No. No, uh, would they consider that package? Who, would, who? Which one? Which one of our two uh, organizations? I, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, uh, those are the type of, uh, if you're trading Chris Bryant, you have to get somebody else's guaranteed young player under control or two or three. Yeah, I, I, you need more than that. I mean, you need, but, you, but you need guys my, who have proven they can do it in the I big know, leagues. You don't, get, you don't need to get prospects that, for Brian. That's my point why some of this is kind of ludicrous because yes. you don't know, are you trading Chris Bryant in 2016? You're, you're pretty sure you might be. Uh, is it 2018 where he's injured and he doesn't come back to being the other player? That That's, you know, we don't know that, but... It is a player, as you said, that's under contract control that is a game-changing, team-changing, division-changing type player. And uh, one injury plague season and not being able to sign him to a long-term contract, we have rumors about him being traded. Well, you don't want to be where the Nationals are with Bryce Harper, where they're about to get nothing but a draft pick as compensation. Um, having given him a qualifying offer and having not decided not to move him. So you don't want to be there. Do you want to be where the Orioles ended up with Manny Machado, where you get the deal that you got from the Dodgers? But that's not really a very impressive haul for a a player like Manny Machado. But that's still two and a half years away from the point where the Orioles decided to pull the trigger on Machado. If you're in this window, as you are, the kind of trade that you should be considering is – you know, the kind of it's maybe the kind of thing that you wrote about with Whit Merrifield, 
right? Uh, it's a bona fide leadoff hitter coming off a huge breakout year in Kansas City. And which two young pieces that you decide you uh, are, are willing to part with could maybe get you with Merrifield? Or Kyle Schwarber to the Indians as a DH for uh, Carlos Carrasco. Some, and, you know, other pieces to even that kind of thing out. Those are the kind of deals that make sense in the middle of a window. Not, not Bryant for prospects, obviously. Cub fans, are you willing to trade Chris Bryant for other people that can help you win? In now and in the future, 312-644-6767. White Sox fans, are the White Sox ready to roll out the carpet for Bryce Harper and Manny Machado? Certainly the dollars are there. Uh, we are here for you until 1030, normally 11, but we have Illini football today at 1030. So we are guest-free for you and open phone lines today. My goodness, so much to get to. The guy I've thought for a while now is going to be the next manager of the Cubs. Um, apparently a bunch of rival executives also believe he's the guy. So let's talk about that at some point, too. This hour is brought to you by Oak Brook Toyota in Westmont. When searching for a new Toyota, search for oakbrooktoyota.com. He is Bruce Levine. He was there and talked to everybody at the GM meetings. We'll talk about it with you continuing on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. Eventually, we'll get to uh, some of this White Sox conversation as they'll try to break on through to the other side of the rebuild with a free agent now, this early. There is precedent, actually, Bruce. There's yes, plenty yes, of it. Yes, there is. Yes, there is, indeed. Yeah. Um, let me read to you um, a, uh, a story text uh, that I got from Theo Epstein. He, Ooh, he got to all the people who covered the team yesterday. This is not uniquely mine, but it was to me um, in response to trading – Chris Bryan and the story by Buster only that he's available. Uh, Theo said, like most teams, we will listen to anything. Like most teams, we are looking for players like Chris Bryan. <laughs> then he went on to tell me uh, that um, I answered a general question at the meetings about operating philosophies and not having any untouchables. Like most teams, I said, we will listen to anything. That is just the nature of of the business. So um, again, uh, he's not going to say that he's not going to trade Chris Bryant, but you know, logic prevails in these situations. Uh, What would be market value for Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo at this point? What would, what would make sense for a team that, as you put it so well, Matt uh, has a three year window left on these players and are expected you know, after winning, after going to the playoffs four years in a row, something the Cubs have never done in their entire history, uh, the window is still open for the next three years with these players, these outstanding players and a, a very strong starting pitching staff to go again and try to win a World Series once or twice more before everything starts to change in 2021 and beyond. Yeah, because, you know, it's a a tricky situation if you were to dare entertain such things. You are not going to look to trade him for a package of prospects because you're trying to win now. If you want to go get Mike Trout. Go get Mike Trout, who's got $33 million on the books for 2019 and the same for 2020. You want to go do that? Uh, Well, uh, apparently financially they they cannot do that. So, I I don't know. The entire thing made just be a non-starter, but it's it's interesting as backdrop. That's again, sure. again, three one two six four four six seven six seven. We're leaving the phone lines open for you today. We're on till ten thirty, but there's so much subject matter for the White Sox and Cubs and all mm. the other twenty eight teams coming out of these GM meetings that uh, we feel this open forums essential for you. Let's go to Mike in Evanston on six seventy. The score. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Great. 
All right. So, I, you know, we're in an interesting conundrum here with Bryant or, you know, any of the players. If, if Theo has the insight that the Bryant is likely not to re-sign with the Cubs. Three years from now. Three years from now. You know, maybe right now is not the best time to trade him because of value, you know, the injury. But it's interesting because if you look at our farm system, they've decimated our farm system to win a World Series. Okay, you know, I can live with the Torres for the Chapman equaling the World Series, but I'm sorry, I can't live with trading Quintana for Jimenez and Cease. I mean, that was a desperate move for pitching because they've failed to develop pitching. But you know what it was? You know you know what it was? I think we can look at the Quintana trade, and thank you, Mike, uh, right now. And, and we talked about at the time, the contract was so good, Bruce, mm-hmm. that you were dealing both for Quintana and the ability to sign a big free agent pitcher. Right, like it, I, I, that was part of the thought process. And I look at it now; they wouldn't have been able to sign you, Darvish, if they hadn't acquired a pitcher like Jose Quintana. But Quintana, Darvish, are the two yeah, of them but, together I, I mean, so far worth the from the, from the fact that they've had to put over a hundred million dollars into their starting pitching. Okay, per year, I'm talking about yeah. this year. They'll be paying a hundred million dollars for starting pitching, and his point is well taken that. How about if you develop one or two guys in seven years that are on the precipice of helping you uh, at the major league level, but they're they're not there yet. And again, that's not to demean the, the uh, Jason McLeod and the, the great job that he did uh, getting these number one picks, uh, signing internationally Torres, who's going to be uh, in the rookie of the year talk uh, along with um, – you know, the the other good players there from this season. Uh, and, of course, Jimenez, who looks like a monster mm-hmm. coming and starting his career with the White Sox in April. Uh, when well, they Epst- have, they when have Epst- not developed starting pitching. They have not. When Epstein came here um, on October 21st, 2011, he talked about the 7- to 10-year window and how they want to go deep into the playoffs seven uh, or eight out of 10 years. And so far he's kept up his end of the bargain. He also said developing players, assigning international free agents, all is a part of players we'll use on our team and players we'll use for other areas that we need uh, fortification. The bottom of the hour here is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Join Coach Collins and the Cats at the new Welsh Ryan Arena this winter. Season and single game tickets are on sale now at nusports.com. David Ross is going to be the next manager of the Cubs, isn't he? I mean, that's what I've thought and have put out there in conversation. If that's the case, why isn't he now? Mm, well, I guess let's let's wait till how things I mean, look in uh, April again, and May. We're, we're, we're stepping forward uh, from the uh, no the, – the, Nan, uh, we're extending Joe to David Ross as the manager. If he's really their pick, why not? Why wait? Because you're paying Joe and might as well let Joe start in a full-on but, lame duck status. But what is your benefit? goal? What is your goal? Your, your goal is to, uh, is to win a World Series immediately, right. right now. So if you don't think Joe is that guy any longer, then it should be David Ross in there. If that's the assumption that he's the next manager. He should be in there. Um, the $6 million, one way or another. He's getting it. He's getting it, right. So you you can't be burdened by the fact that you're paying it. If you've lost confidence in Joe Madden, um, that, that's where you need to go. Uh, so far, the Cubs really haven't made that statement, except by saying we're not extending him right now. 
we haven't named the coaching staff. The Jim Hi- Jim Hickey pitching coach situation is totally up in the air. Something we'll get to also later on well, with some sound from Theo about that. Well, there's a step, Bruce, to take here to get Ross ready for that gig if you envision him uh, for that gig, uh, which is – they, what they said, bring him, bring him by more, have him be closer, have him be around things with more of an expanded role. You know, he, you've seen him. He, he's around every once in a while, kind of hanging out, but he is yeah. an assistant to the GM and he's been working with ESPN, obviously, so, uh, but they want him around more. Joe is supposed to be open to that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, would you mind if we have David shadow you here for the spring yeah. and the first month of the year? Don't take anything uh, by it. It yeah, doesn't it was mean like anything. With, you know, uh, when I was working at ESPN, <laughs> They had uh, our, my friend Jesse Rogers working hockey. <laughs> they moved him over to baseball. And Uh-oh. my bosses there at the time said, uh, you know, uh, why don't you introduce him to some of your the people in the game that you've known over the last 30 years? <laughs> I, I'm serious. Wow. You know? and, I, and I, you know, graciously did. Yeah, you did. Wow. No, well, knowing that uh, nothing is forever and that you move on and that Jesse was a talented guy and eventually he'd uh, be in that role. It's just, it's just the way it is. But uh, – I didn't like it, but uh-huh. I wasn't going to take it out on Jesse. Well, what's interesting there is the openness in that. We have seen this in sports from player to player, right? Ross did it for Wilson Contreras. Older starting pitchers will right. do it for guys right. on the come. When do you see it? And could you see it, Joe? Where David's going to be the next guy. Yeah, um, we're, we're not going to give any extension, but we're going to honor your deal, of course. And you love David. You and David got along great. Let's go ahead and, and have David be part of the coaching staff yeah. this year and be ready to take over your job. Could you imagine that with that level of openness that you and Jesse had? Well, you know, I would hate to compare the two because they're they're not really at that same level. Of but, course not. But, but, that, I, but I would just say that. Joe is open to anything externally, internally. I don't think he'd like it very much. But uh, from the perspective of being a team guy and, uh, and, and doing uh, things that are unselfish, I'm sure Joe would go ahead and give uh, David as much as he had. Wow. Talk about doing something in a truly transparent and, and evolved, therapized, kind of uh, you know, modernized way. That would be quite something. Uh, people want to talk to you and me about uh, the Cubs and White Sox. Let's carry on. Matt and River North on the score. Hello, Matt. Hey, good morning, fellas. Bruce, I've got three or four questions for you. One, I thought about the Brian. How about, how about two for me and two for Matt? Well, none <laughs> for me, but just two. Okay. All right. Well, oh, oh, one, you know, back to the Addison Russell thing. What do his teammates think of him? I've never heard of anybody, you know, have the, and obviously you, you might know because you're in, in there. Is he a well-liked guy in the clubhouse? I mean, to me, that would be very important if you're considering bringing him back. You know, do his teammates respect him? Do his teammates, you know, uh, like him, like his work ethic and things like that? Because the other stuff, you know, to me, when you get into the stuff, you know, the domestic disputes, that's outside of sports to me. You know, it, you know, if he not, can not change, any longer, not not in the world we live in now. Well, I, I understand that, yeah. but if he does what he's supposed to do, there's worse guys who've played. You know, there's worse guys who've played in this right, city. Right. So I mean, it's like, you know, but, does he get a second chance? And what do his teammates think? Well, those are the guys who see and work with him every day. That would be really important to qu- know. Question two, and then Matt and I'll discuss. Okay. Question two is. Why do you think Chris Sale would come back to the White Sox? Well, he would look around, he sees Mookie Betts out there, Jackie Bradley. When he was at the White Sox, he looks around, he sees J.B. Chuck. He hates Kenny Williams. It's been documented. I mean, I would think there's no chance he comes back. And why would the Red Sox let him go? This is Matt and River North. And last week you had talked about Sale possibly being a yeah, White Sox. I mean, uh, Sale, 
loved his experience with the White Sox. He didn't love some of the front office uh, things that occurred where um, he had uh, issues. But Chris is a different type of guy. Uh, he would automatically come back to the White Sox if they had the best talent in baseball and they were offering market value for a contract. He's already accomplished one major goal. He won a World Series with the Red Sox. He has a year left on his contract. He'll be at 31. He might be the exact type guy that the White Sox are looking for on a shorter-term contract with big money to come in and finish off what could be the rebuild toward them being a championship-caliber team. This is Tony in Downers Grove on the score. Hello, Tony. Hey, guys. Uh, Matt, i got a different question for you after my question for Bruce, if that's okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, um, all right, so, uh, so Bruce, you said that the White Sox would have the money to sign both Harper and Machado. Is that correct? No. I don't. I don't think so. That that if they, if I said that, uh, you mis- misconstrued a, okay, so, uh, a tweet. So they, are you saying they could sign one or the other? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, no, no question uh, about it. Easily. So would they have to? They'd be free agents. Mm-hmm. Um, but two years from now, would they have to sacrifice anything? I guess would be my question. No, um, because they have a seventy million dollar payroll right now. It's it's going to go down. I think it's their commitment is fifty four million seventy from last year, um, the th- and and they've uh, they've saved a tremendous amount of money. Every team and keep this in mind, very important. Every team got eighty million dollars from uh, the sale of streaming by MLB.com slash BAM to Major League Baseball of their streaming. Uh, so they everybody has eighty million dollars in the coffers. Is that for use on an annual for is... anything over the la- the last two years? Uh, all the teams got eighty two million dollars. Um, yeah. So, so eighty so... eighty million dollars is sitting there that they didn't have a year and a half ago. All right. So Bruce, if that's the case, then it should be a rhetorical question because that's a no brainer to try and sign someone like Harper. And then Matt, my question to you is: I know you're a music guy, so it's my last. But did you see the Queen movie? And if you did, how was it? <laughs> I did not see Bohemian Rhapsody yet. Uh, I have a, you plan but, on it? Yeah, yeah. I, I not do. a Queen fan? No, I'm a, I'm a huge I'm a huge Queen fan. But I read a, a review that terrified me from A.O. Scott in the New York Times. It made me want to skip it. So. You know what? Here's yeah. here's my philosophy. Mm-hmm. Read uh, read the the thumbs up or thumbs down, and then go see it if you have interest in the topic. Because sometimes you can be entertained by a movie that stinks. That's Well, sure. Yeah, I, I, You're going to like you. the music. I, I would definitely like the music, yep. and I heard that Rami Malek is really good as Freddie Mercury, uh, and his prosthetic teeth really are the star uh, of the film. So maybe I do want to see those up on the big screen. Um, <laughs> let, let, me ask you, let me ask you this, Bruce, or let me point this out real quick before we take a break here. The precedent for the White Sox signing a free agent now a year earlier. You know what I'll do? I'll I'll tease it because I want to – a lot of people talk about Jason Wirth and the Washington Nationals being an emblem, but there's another one that I want to bring up that I know you remember well that I bet White Sox fans will remember And we'll hear from Rick Hahn on uh, free agency and the like as well. That's that what we'll do. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. It's Inside the Clubhouse. He is Bruce Levine. He was at the GM meetings all week. Uh, I am Matt Spiegel, and you are the callers and listeners and texters that we involved. And before we get back to you, let's listen to Rick Hahn, who we spoke with last week, Bruce, but he spoke a lot, obviously, out there in Carlsbad, California. And here's Rick Hahn on signing free agents and the timing 
uh, for the White Sox in the midst of their rebuild. You can't control when certain players become available. Uh, we've made no secret about trying to accumulate as much talent that is has the ability of winning a championship but also is strategically aligned with each other in terms of when they're going to come to the big leagues and have their impact. No one should be surprised about seeing us involved with potential impact names that although given where we're at right now in our rebuild, uh, 2019 might not be uh, the moment of greatest impact for all these players. It uh, we may be able to pick up some players via trade or free agency that align with what we've accumulated and make sense for us in the long term. Harper and Machado are 26. So if they spend a year on a bad team or a year and a half on a bad team, they're still going to be here when things get really good. And who knows what they will have helped how, in the meantime. How much do you have to overpay to make sure they want to come here? That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, again, just uh, taking... Chicago out of the equation. It's not the Cubs, not the Yankees. It's not the Dodgers. They're not built to win today. Mm-hmm. Uh, your addition makes you makes that team the destination place to go for other people. Yeah, uh, makes the uh, White Sox into what the Cubs were in 2015, uh, the winter of 2014 when they signed John Lester. Uh, we are serious about winning. We have a big time winner here. We have one of the great talents. Uh, going uh, to lead our pitching staff. The same statement has to be made for Harper and Machado. We have some of the youngest, greatest talent in the history of baseball, not even close to peaking. How much is that worth to that player, that player's agent, uh, the future of that player, Mm -hmm. knowing that you're not ready to quite win yet? And if you're the White Sox, what are your needs in the marketplace and the public media space? Right, and how will $35 million a year impact your future payroll to be able to make those additions? Well, in addition to Jason Worth to the Nationals for I think it was $125 million from the Phillies before they were good, and that was a harbinger of things to come for the Nationals. And it got panned. I mean, it was like Jason Worth. I mean, he's only a good player, okay? Uh, He's a moderately efficient RBI man, OPS guy. Um, But the leadership ability and throwing down the gauntlet by the uh, Washington team saying, we're here to put the top players in position to win a championship Mm -hmm. a year or two early. That's that's a statement they made. And granted, they never won a playoff series no. uh, during this prime no, and during Worth's career, but they went to the playoffs a bunch, and he was right in the middle of all. And of it. you know, tremendously viable with two of the top pitchers in the game. And you know, Scherzer signed there for certain reasons of, of thinking that this was a team that was going to win a World Series right. and he was going to be a big part of it. Let me give you one more. In two thousand two, the Tigers went fifty five and one oh six. 2003, the Tigers went 43 and 119. It wasn't too good. 2004, they improved to 72 and 90. And then that offseason, they signed Maglio Ordonez to a five year, $75 million deal that was Dave Dombrowski. Mm-hmm. And it was widely panned as, what are you doing? They're not ready. And it's a risk because of the knee. Remember the White Sox? Didn't even give him, offer him arbitration because they were worried about the knee. Right. But the Tigers signed him to a five-year, $75 million deal. They had language in there to protect if the knee injury came back. Maglio's first year there, 71-91. and 91. Another right. bad year. But then in 2006, 
95 wins and a trip to well, the World Series. There was a guy by the name of Cabrera that came to the— For uh, sure. There was a guy that was developed by the name of Verlander. The, uh, uh, absolutely. Scherzer was coming up in the—so, so, again, so, but your point is well taken that uh, he, this is, you know, you take that step a year or two ahead of time right. so that you solidify your control of being a championship-caliber cal- team and not having to try to sign these guys— Two years later, when you're right on that precipice of winning. Right. So when opening day 2020 comes and you've already had a year of Harper or Machado in your dream a scenario, and you've got Eloy Jimenez coming off his first uh, first season, you've got Kopech coming back healthy and Dylan Cease and maybe a free agent pitcher, and maybe you are primed and ready to be at the very peak of uh, of your window very, very fast in the second year of one of these guys. They have to buy into it. Okay. So how much... Is- how much more, again, as I as we started this segment, how much more do the White Sox have to pay for having Harper or Machado say, okay, I'll wait because you have the best young talent in baseball. You have a lot of money to spend beyond my contract. You are a serious player. You're in the city of Chicago, one of the greatest cities in the world. Uh, our marketing people are going to be able to um, help you make another – $50 million on the side uh, being Bryce Harper and Machado in a big city compared to where you're coming from. Uh, the, these are all important aspects of uh, what a player looks at before they make the move. And don't, don't underestimate the value of Chicago, whether it's a north side or south side, as part of that uh, marketing mix and, and the player being able to make a tremendous amount of money and having a tremendous high profile in a new city and complete and utter face of the organization. So that when you see these pictures, these images of Bryce Harper's name on marquees at the United center, as certainly they've done for bulls targets like Carmelo Anthony and others, but that's them readying their pitch. And they're saying big team, big team, big town. And imagine you being uh, a stud in Chicago on the other side, while your buddy uh, Bryant is on the other side of town. Let's go to Ron on the South side on 670 The Score. Hello, Southside Ron. What's happening? Hey, good morning, guys. I, I, I want to ask both of you all, just the way, that, and I know the team is still uh, de- developing and being put together. Between uh, Harper and McCall, which one do you all think would be better suited? Um, and also, in terms of um, the infield, I mean, there's talk of moving McCall um, to McCall to um, third. But where would uh, men in China play? Would it be third base? Uh, I, I always settled on Tim Anderson. But those are things we need to look at. Is, is it, do we really need someone in the infield? We look, there are some possible outfield prospects. So I, I want to get both of you all's opinions. Who you think would be really better suited to move this team closer to a championship? Thanks, Thanks Ron. You can uh, trade your other prospects just like the – Cubs have for your other needs down the line. If you have an excess in the outfield, Matt, you can trade some of that excess. You can trade a Robert. Oh. Uh, you can trade a Basabe when their player development is over with. If you have a glut of uh, tremendous hitters on your team, if you have Jimenez on one corner, you have Harper on the other, it, that's not a problem. Uh, you, you just keep moving along and trading for your needs along the way. Uh, with Machado, you know, I look at it like uh, where, wherever he wants to play is fine with me. He wants to play shortstop. You can find another spot for Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson's going to hit. 
Is he a center fielder? Is he a third baseman? Is Machado? I mean, I don't. I, I don't think position wise you're going to have a problem when you have a uh, tremendous talent one of the best players in the game out there willing to come to your team. I have soured on Manny Machado. Um, And I, I I don't really want um, any part of that uh, in terms of the volume of dollars and he'll get it. I just go ahead and let him get it from Philadelphia. The thing for me with Harper is that not only could he play either corner outfield spot, and that gives you all sorts of flexibility, he's also projected down the road to be a pretty decent first baseman. If you wanted to, you could move him over to first once Jose Abreu is done here, if you really wanted to do it that way. There's another position in the American League that's always open to you as well. DH is available. Right. So if you want that arrest position for him 10 or 12 times out of the season, you know that that's also very appealing for – any hitter, especially he's had some injury issues. So maybe those 15 or 20 games that he's missed uh-huh. in certain years, he would have been able to go to the post as a DH uh, in the American League as opposed to the National League where it was not available. Did you uh, see and more appropriately hear the home run off the bat of Luis Robert uh, this this week uh, in Glendale at the yeah I, the, I, I, I I heard and I saw both <laughs> the sound right. off the bat I, I'm I'm I, I might be more excited about Luis Robert than I am about Eloy Jimenez just because the overall five tool athletic ability and talent that seems to be there in a beautiful athlete in Luis Robert yeah he's going to have to learn how to hit a breaking ball though well so that would be that's, good that's part of his development. But there is a tremendous baseball athlete in there that can do a lot of things. And as you said, uh, the sound is different when he hits the ball. It sure is. Quickly, Mike in Naperville on the score. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hello, Mike. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm a long-suffering White Sox fan. I got a question, Bruce and Matt. Since 2006 to coming 2019, that's some 13 years, right? Um, what what other team would keep a general manager and move him up to president with only one appearance, you know, in a, in, in the playoffs, and um, and if you if you take a look at the last twelve first round draft choices by the White Sox, you'll find maybe one player, and that's Anderson, who perhaps might eventually be a star. So the question is, is what's wrong with the White Sox organization? And my answer is that there's too much nepotism, just like in the Bulls. I'll hang up and listen. Okay, I mean, you know, the argument's been made for for a number of years now that uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is too loyal to the people that he um, puts in those positions to lead both teams. Um, we can argue about it. We can talk about it. It's not going to change Jerry's mind. He believes that he has the best people there, that he they're the best communicators, that they're uh, very good at what they do, and... Uh, you know, I, I, we can have Jerry on talk for an hour about it. It's not going to change his mind. <laughs> it's, it's, interestingly, it's interestingly put by you. They, it is very rare that a front office gets to preside over its own rebuild when they have been the ones right. in charge as things have fallen apart and failed. And you have both the Bulls and the White Sox with uh, Paxson and Gar and Kenny and Rick Hahn being allowed to preside over their own rebuilds. Extremely rare. Keep in mind, uh, you know, some of that front office wanted to rebuild two or three years before yes. it occurred. Yes. So a Jerry being uh, Jerry told them, you know what? I'm 80 years old. I want to win a championship now. Let's go out there and continue to get the best players available to try to win. We have, uh, you know, Chris Sale. We have 
you know, we have Quintana, we have the pitching staff, let's bring in the proper players. And unfortunately, they were not able to get that job done. Just to carry through the Maglio Ordonez comparison, how about Jerry now enters the Mike Illich phase of his life, having let the rebuild happen and let them be terrible for a couple years. Let's go ahead and throw all the money in the world at one more title uh, as I enter my 80s. I don't think that's how he's looking at it. I mean, one more title they're not interested in. If they did that, they wouldn't have done the rebuild when Jerry was 81 years old. So uh, he's looking at this for uh, f- as a way for the organization to be healthy for many years and compete maybe well beyond the time that he is the owner of the White Sox. I understand. Well, that would be better, but I, I wasn't even... It's easier de- to sell that way, too, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's a good point, but I wasn't denigrating the Mike Illich uh, approach for the record yeah. <laughs> either. It's uh, 670 The Score. Here's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse. we got 30 more minutes with you. We'll get uh, to some Cubs stuff involving the coaching staff and more with you next on Inside the Clubhouse. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.